you are going to love Shannon. She has a passion for helping ambitious women lead purpose-led businesses through energetics and simple strategy, which you know I love simplicity. She will light a fire under you with her story of growth in business and as a next-level woman. Enjoy. each other we were actually just talking about this um we were both part of katie stewart's group program and spent a lot of time in group calls together yes <laughs> yes so much time and i think that you really get to know people on a deep level when you join a group program <laughs> you get to hear a lot about the ups and downs, which is really, really wonderful. And so it's not, it's not this like kind of surface level where I'm like, oh, I've seen you on Instagram. It's like, I know Shannon. <laughs> yes. Well, and I mean, I think that too, when you're in a group program that's fostered by the right person. So they're creating an environment that is safe, an environment where you are able to be yourself and be vulnerable and ask the questions that you really need to ask in a way that feels judgment and fear-free. And that's yeah. kind of the environment that Katie creates. And it's the, you know, it's the environment that I create inside my programs too. But because of that, like our experience in those group calls, like we really did get to know each other so well, Yeah, like just because people are able to show up and be them. And you're seeing a journey as well. You're, they're not just seeing like, you're seeing the highs and the lows and then the highs and then the lows and then, and oh, yeah. you're seeing like the full journey, which is really awesome. Cause you're like, I'm not alone. So I know some of your story, but I would love to have you speak to my audience and kind of start with your teaching, almost kind of your thought process behind getting into teaching. I would love to know that because you were a band teacher. No, I was a chorus, no, chorus teacher. teacher. Yeah. And I was a theater director. So so we kind of have that similar line. Um, mm -hmm. so I would love to know how you got into that and then um and how you transitioned into business. Yeah. So um I love that a lot of people that I tend to connect with in the online space come from a teacher background. And I don't know what that kind of magnetism is, but I feel like we always tend to find each other. So when we connected through the accelerate method. And, and I was talking about being a chorus teacher. You were like, Oh my God, I was a theater teacher. Mm -hmm. So, and that was my whole life. So I grew up as like, I was that performance girly. I loved to sing, to perform. Um, I was a total shit dancer, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mover definitely. Um, but I loved theater and I loved choir and all of that stuff. And I just grew up with such a strong passion that I really didn't have like something else that I wanted to do post high school. And I was the kind of person and I have always been the kind of person that could literally do anything if I just set my mind to it, except for be a dancer. <laughs> but um, so I ended up going to school. I went to Florida State University for choral music education. And I actually got into the theater department and the music department and I had to choose. They wouldn't let you at that time, like double major in both. I don't know if they still will or won't. I don't know, but um, I chose the, th the music route. So I ended up going to school for that. And then I just kind of was 
like stumbling along that path. And what I really fell in love with was choral conducting. And that's what I found that I was really good at. I was really good at being on the podium because it was so suited to my personality because I'm very much a leader. I like to be at the forefront. I like to be the visionary. I like to be the one calling the shots. Um, I've always been very good with my body language, with my hands, like conducting just came so naturally to me. And my ears have always been really good at picking up little nuances and making shifts here and there. So I kind of fell in love with that, ended up getting a job um, at a really well-established choral program, a high school choral program in Orlando. And um, it just kind of blossomed from there because I was working with really high level musicians at this high school. And you wouldn't expect it out of the school that I um, actually taught at because it was actually, it qualified for title one. Yeah, it was yeah. very low SES. Uh, like it, it, I mean, it, you wouldn't think that there was like this thriving performing arts scene, but truly like the performing arts department at the school I worked at was just the most remarkable group of people. And for some reason there was just magic there. And all of these performing arts teachers, the theater department, the band, uh, department, the orchestra program, the guitar program, like the tech theater program, everything else in between. It was just incredible. And, and it was just like producing such high quality musicianship. And so I got to be a part of that, which was amazing because where I really thrived was in that kind of leadership position. Mm -hmm. But then the other part of being in the teaching world that I really liked was the mentorship side, because you know, when you're a performing arts teacher, you're teaching these kids for more than a semester, more than a year. Typically you're teaching them all four years of their high school yeah. career. And so you're really watching them blossom into the people they're becoming. And so it was truly such an honor to be a part of that journey for them. So I was a teacher. I did that for seven years, ended up going back to FSU during my summers to get my master's degree. So I have my master's degree as well in choral music ed. But then me being the perfectionistic workaholic that I was, I burnt myself the F out Yeah, and just couldn't do it anymore. And again, like what I was really in love with was not necessarily like being a public school teacher. It was that I was in love with like the visionary, the artistry, the leadership. Right. I was in love with the mentorship, mm -hmm. with like guiding young people to like seeing the magic in them and then helping them become who they were going to be. And that's really what I loved. And that just kind of all faded away. So I ended up leaving my Coral High School job. I had told my principal and my performing arts department in January of 2020, I said, this is going to be my last year. I've decided I'm going to start a wedding planning business. Keep in mind, this is January of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> So I go off spring break, March, 2020, I go off, I get married. And the weekend of my wedding was the weekend that the world shut down for COVID. Whoa. Yeah. So I ended up not ever going back to school because we went fully virtual for the remainder of the year. Never got to see my kids again. Never got to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, and then I found myself in the summer with no job because I had already announced my resignation, but also no business because you couldn't yeah. start a wedding planning business at right. that time. Yeah. So <laughs> I found myself in a bit of a pickle. It was very stressful. I frantically 
was searching for some kind of corporate job, which was really hard to get because people just did not give me a second look with what was on my resume, even though I was so successful. Yeah. I was so teachable and trainable. And like, I had all of these leadership qualifications, you know, people just look at your two degrees in music and they're like, this is irrelevant. And they just yeah. toss your resume. Like it doesn't even, it doesn't yeah. even get to human eyes. The algorithm tosses it for you. Right. So <laughs> I had a really hard time getting a corporate job, but I couldn't really see my way. Like I couldn't see the forest through the trees at that point because I was so used to the security of a steady paycheck. I was so used to the security of having health insurance and things like that. So I ended up, I did get an entry-level corporate job. Basically it was glorified call center work. It was so hard, <laughs> so hard. And I was at that job for about a year and a half. You're getting my whole life story. So That's okay. <laughs> and then what happened was I had my daughter. So I had my daughter, I was on maternity leave. I think I was like a week or two postpartum sitting there on the couch, holding my newborn daughter, talking to my husband and basically coming to this realization of, well, one of us has to be a stay-at-home parent because we can't afford childcare. But at the same time, we can't afford to not make money because my husband is making an entry-level corporate salary. I was making an entry-level corporate salary. And we were just like, I mean, seriously, paycheck to paycheck living. Yeah. Right. Really hard, really scary. So I started to explore this idea of entrepreneurship again, because it had been calling to me for years at this point, this idea of being able to be your own boss. You're the one calling the shots. You are the one creating your own schedule. And I knew that I had the intrinsic discipline to be that person, to start a business, to be consistent, to be vigilant, um, to learn, to absorb new things, to not be afraid, to try and fail, try and fail, try, succeed. Right. So I was exploring like, okay, what can I do? My initial thought was like wedding planning. That's not going to happen. What can I do that's going to allow me to be a full-time caregiver for a newborn, but also replace my corporate salary ASAP? So I came into the world of online business, started off as a VA slash Pinterest manager, niche down into Pinterest management, blog management. And then after doing that for, I would say about eight months, I realized that every step of my life's journey had led me to the moment of becoming a coach. Yeah. Because I went through the process of becoming a teacher. You learn all of these really helpful concepts, philosophies, tools to help knowledge transfer from person to person in a way that's easily digestible in a way that's easily understood. Like I knew how to cater to different learning styles, all of this stuff. Plus I was always that mentor. I was always that person for my students, for the friends in my life, for my siblings, for total strangers. For some reason, I just give off that energy of the person you ask for advice. And so I'd always been living in that world. All of that combined with all of the knowledge and expertise that I had gained through building my own business from scratch and going full-time really quickly because I went full-time with that business in six weeks. And maybe it was out of pure necessity because, right. <laughs> because we had a newborn, yeah. but I really learned a lot in such a short period of time. So I realized I was like, holy shit, 
I am meant to be a coach. Like right. every moment in my life, whether it was perceived as a success or a failure has led me to this exact moment. So yeah, I started a new Instagram account, went full on into online business coaching. And that's where I've been ever since. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's a lot. That's a lot. I know. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, what was the feeling you had when, because I've had this feeling many times in my life where people look at your, when you were looking for a job and people are looking at your degrees and they're like, eh, and you're like, um, I know I'm badass and I know that I can do what you're putting in front of me. Like whatever little entry level job that you think is so like, what, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I can do that. What, how did you just kind of deal with this? Like knowing that you're more than, but having people look at your music degrees and being like, eh, artist, whatever. I mean, I don't know if I did deal just because yeah. ultimately I was like, well, I think that, I think that something also during that time was that I knew that whatever this corporate run was going to be, was a temporary situation. Yeah. I never went into that thinking this is my new career. I always saw it as a placeholder mm -hmm. to just get by until right. I figured out yeah. what exactly it is that I was going to do. Right. So, that was something that always helped was like, I just, I just need, I just need enough to like cover my bills. I just need health insurance. Yeah. I need these things to get by. And after that, I'll yeah. figure it out. You know, so yeah. that really helped at that time. But honestly, I don't know if I did cope very well yeah. because I, because I, I so knew I was mm -hmm. like, I am, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. And I've always been that person. That's like, I could do absolutely anything. And it would honestly drive my teachers nuts when right. I was like, when I was in high school and middle school, because all of my academic teachers were like, ah, oh, if you just like tried a little bit, you would be like 4.5 GPA. You could apply to like Ivy leagues. And I was like, I don't care. I'd rather skip class and go hang out in the music room. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. So I was always that, yeah. I was always that kid. So, um, yep. yeah, at that time, like when you're just kind of getting passed over, you know, I just, I held on to that idea of like, this is, this is not my career. Yeah. This is not my identity. This is right. not who I am. This is a means to an end so that I have space and time to figure out what it is that I want to do. And like I said, I, I had had for years in the back of my mind going into entrepreneurship. Right. So you yeah. kind of touched on this a little bit, but the way that your when you found um, Choral Direction, because it's very similar to me. So I, in high school, I acted and it was my senior year that I directed. They had like mm -hmm. a senior directing program. And once I had directed, I was like, oh, this is the bomb. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, in charge of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm in charge of everything. Yeah. Um, and there's just something really wonderful about that. And so, um, so you kind of touched on it, but how has that impacted your business and the way that you run your business? Because they are very connected, even though for some, it might be like, oh, interesting, choral teacher to like coach, like, how does that translate? But I'm sure that there's a way that it does the, the, um, either the artistry or the leadership and, and all of that. Can you expound on that just a little bit? Yeah. So I can definitely speak to both of those, the artistry and the leadership component. So Something that I 
you kind of have to learn very quickly is that you're working with what you're working with. And there's, when, when you have a certain level of expertise and you're good at what you do, you can kind of stretch and mold that group of people further than, you know, most people's expectations, further than, you know, they think that they can go themselves. So if we're talking in terms of like a high school choir, like you can stretch them pretty far. However, you can't, you can't turn a high school choir into like the most elite group of professional singers with like multiple degrees in vocal performance like that, like that's like, you know, unrealistic, but I think also I learned very quickly that you have to work with what you have. So in terms of like a choir, I don't know who's listening, who's musically inclined or who has, you know, been a part of musical groups, but let's say you have a younger group of kids. Okay. So like maybe the choir is like mostly ninth and 10th graders. Their sound is really light. It's a little on the younger side. I'm going to look at that and say, okay, how can we elevate who you already are? Mm-hmm. How can we like take you, like what, what kinds of repertoire would I pick for you? What kinds of composers would I w- lean into that actually embrace and elevate a light, youthful sound versus maybe you have a group of older kids. Maybe it's most, mostly juniors and seniors and their sound is much more mature. Maybe it's darker. Maybe there's lots of vibrato. Okay, cool. So how can I embrace who you are and elevate you to that next level? So in terms of being a business coach, I don't I don't ever see it as my job to make my clients a replicated version of me. My magic in what I've always done, both in my interpersonal relationships before coaching and now as a coach, is I see the innate natural magic in other people. And I make it my, my wholehearted responsibility to bring that magic out. So it's not about creating little carbon copies of Shannon, you know, coach, like with my clients, it's about seeing who they are, embracing their magic and elevating that as far as we can possibly go. So from an artistry side, that's really like where I think like the visionary element comes in that I learned through my life in music and now into the online business space. And then from a leadership side, you're really like, it's not just about the transfer of knowledge. It's about how you hold space for people so that that magic can come out. So if what we're talking about on the artistry side is like the ultimate transformation, the vision of the her, you know, the most up-level version of yourself, the becoming her right? versus like the leadership side is kind of like the nuts and bolts of how to get there. Like the steps that you take, the journey that you take to get to that ultimate transformation. So leadership wise, you have to be able to hold people, not just from a technical aspect, but from a mindset and emotional aspect too, because all people are people and all people are different. So how are you holding people, not just in your transfer of knowledge, but in the energetic and mindset, emotional support that you provide? Yeah. I think it just speaks to how someone could be from any sort of background and, and create a business that is so purposeful and so unique and so them from literally 
like anything. They could be like, I don't know, a waitress and be like, okay, this is the business I'm doing. And you can find that like thread that like makes them so good at that business that came from them being a waitress or whatever it might be, you know, let's get into becoming her, which is such a funny like phrase because we all kind of say it, it is so yeah buzzy. it's fuzzy <laughs> it's buzzy fuzzy but it, <laughs> it's also just like just the easiest thing to say something that I have seen I've seen this um I've seen you evolve in that and mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just because of our experience together within Katie's program or whether that's me seeing you online and me seeing you with your podcast um but it feels like something that changed in you and I'm going to talk about this because you've you talked about it on your podcast so I'm hoping it's okay but um no, something that has that that you had to hold that energy for a long time as you were building your business and it maybe felt like things weren't happening let me back let me back up a second when we are holding that energy for so long it can feel very fake and it can feel like we are holding the energy of we are awesome. We're amazing. Everything we do is great. And, and also like everything we are is great and that we're meant to do it. And that all these, these wonderful things that we need to kind of believe about ourselves to move through the move through our business. Um, but it can be really hard to do that. And I have found that I've had these checkpoints throughout my journey of needing to um, hold that energy where I'm like, ah, oh, this is so good. And this needed to happen. And then it like launches me into something really amazing for my business. And so I'm wanting you to kind of speak on having to hold that energy when things aren't going the way that you wanted them to. And if there were any checkpoints that kind of launched you into like the next season of your business or this next up level. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> yes. Let's talk about all of this. Um, sorry if this episode ends up being a thousand years long. I know. It's okay. Uh, so when we're talking about the phrase becoming her, this is a phrase that people throw around in entrepreneurship, especially in the more like feminine minded mm -hmm. side of business. So I know that there's like a big debate in like masculine versus feminine energy and people are like, it's all the same. It's just energy. Well, okay. If we look at it from like the way that we've traditionally talked about these kinds of things in the Western right. culture, like we're talking about masculine, feminine energy, like who cares? It's not gender specific, but, um, so people tend to talk about this, like on the feminine side, a lot, this idea of becoming her and the her is, the ultimate version of yourself. It's the version of yourself that has everything that you desire already. You know, she's, she's done it all. She's there. And the idea is that you kind of have to become her before those things come into your reality, which is a really, really hard thing to do. So this phrase becoming her used to drive me effing nuts. It's and hard. I just freaking yeah. hate, I just freaking hated it because I so badly just wanted it to be formulaic. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I am a person who has lived in, you know, if you're not into it, it's fine, but I'm a person who has lived in the masculine energy most of my life. Yeah. Uh, very action taking, very doing, you know, wanting to know that if I do X, Y, Z, it gets me this result. Same. And that's not necessarily the journey of entrepreneurship. So can anybody learn 
what they need to learn to start a business and have that business be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. But to have the vigilance to double down and keep going, even when it looks like nothing's working, like that's a whole other monster. Mm-hmm. And that's really the bulk of like where you see people's businesses either fizzle out or they blow up. <laughs> right. And it's and it's like one or the other. So I used to be driven nuts by this idea of becoming her. And even when I was doing my quote unquote inner work, I was doing my journaling and I was listening to the podcast and doing this and doing that. I was still treating it formulaically. Mm-hmm. I still wanted it to be, oh, if I do this, then I'm going to get the result that I want. <laughs> and that's just like not necessarily how it is. So for a really long time, I was faking it till I, till I made it. And like you said, with my coaching business, my coaching business did not grow the way that my online service provider business did. My online service provider business that I first started when I was freshly, freshly postpartum, um, I went full-time in that business in six weeks. Like just went out, started throwing spaghetti at the walls, just went in with no fear. I was like, I have nothing to be afraid of. I have nothing to be embarrassed about. I literally have nothing to lose. Right. And I built that business so quickly. Like clients just started coming in before you know it, I was booked out and I was good to go. So when I was transitioning (laughs) into coaching, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. I've done this before. Like it's going to be the same thing. And no, it was not like that at all. I think that it took me about... I want to say somewhere around eight months to start making money in my coaching business. Yeah. And during that time, how we were surviving was on the money that I was bringing in from my online service provider business, which I was running for a while simultaneously. I would say like for five-ish months, I was running them both simultaneously. But then also we were surviving off of profits from our house, which we had sold. So I was, I was not making right. money. Scary. <laughs> It was really scary to watch those savings just Mm -hmm. disappear, like just totally disappear as I was like trying to get this thing off the ground. So I was like faking it till you make it. And I fully believe that because I was treating it formulaically and because I was, was faking it and I wasn't actually stepping into who she was. And I didn't actually have the deep seated, unshakable belief that everything I was doing was working and that everything I was trying to achieve was completely inevitable. It came across energetically yeah. Yeah. and repelled any kind of success or clients or money that I could have brought into my life. Yeah. So that was really hard. Yeah. But I had a moment and this was the first moment. And I love to call these moments like the shift. It's what I call it with my clients. Um, one of my clients and I were talking in Voxer last night and she was talking about something that had happened the day before. And it was just, and I told her, oh, you shifted, you shifted. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you went through this thing. That was a milestone. Yeah. You went through some crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you went through some crap, you, you waited through and now yeah. you're on the other side. So who you were yesterday is not the same person you are today. And she was like, yeah, you're so right. Like I'm, yeah, I'm right. today. I was like, yeah that was a shift. So congratulations. So my first big shift in becoming her was a moment where I was sitting on the couch with my husband. It was late at night 
we were talking about money because obviously this was very stressful watching our savings just (laughs) melt away Mm -hmm. as I was pursuing this coaching business. And he looked at me and he said, Shannon, for real though, like, what are you going to do? Like, what, what are you going to do? Like, you have to do something else. Like this can't be what you do. Like what, like, I'm not saying that I don't believe that you can do it. Like, I know that you can do it, but like, we have to think realistically, what are you going to do to make money? And I looked at him and I said, I love you, but I am unavailable for this conversation. Yeah. Wow. And to say that to the person besides my daughter that I love the most in the whole world, Mm -hmm. it felt easy. And at the same time, such like such a big deal. Mm -hmm. but the ease is what surprised me right because in that moment I became a different version of myself I became a version of myself where I could say with confidence and with ease that I was unavailable for that conversation because in that moment for the first time I actually believed that I was inevitable Mm -hmm. and that the things that I was desiring, the level of income that I was desiring, the clients that I was desiring, the life that I was desiring was all available to me, that it was all there, and that I needed to actually step into the energy of taking and receiving. Right. Yeah. So that really was like the the biggest shift to date where everything started changing. And I swear to you, After that conversation, within four weeks, I went from making like, I think, I think it was somewhere around maybe like $800 a month in my business to 4,000. Right. From that conversation. Yeah. And it just, it, it, and you know, I, I just became her in that moment. And since then there have been moments where I've shifted even further. I actually had a shift yesterday and the more and more that you shift, the easier and easier and easier it is to tap into that person and to like physically feel the energy of her, her quote unquote, the person who has it all. And there have been a couple more milestones in my business. Um, one of them was when I uh, raised my prices. Yeah. I basically went in and doubled my prices on all of my offers and still had people coming in. That was another big one was not doubling it out of scarcity or pressure or anything like that. Like really taking the time to align myself energetically and stepping into the worthiness of those pricing so that when I put them out publicly, it was easy and it just was, and it was accepted because I was confident. Right. in the value of that and the worthiness of that. Yeah. And people still came in, you know, like that was another really big one. Uh, the one that I went through yesterday, I don't know so much like what's going to come on the other side of this shift, but I was doing a breath work exercise. And at the end of that breath work exercise, it was about 11 minutes or so. I was sitting there and I heard my own voice in my head and she said, congratulations, you did it. And so, and it was like, it gave, it like made me cry. It gave me chills. Cause I was like, Oh, she's here. <laughs> like she's here. She's awake. She's with me right now. Like she's stepping into something. And then do you know what immediately happened? I immediately had somebody DM me and say, Hey, I know that technically your black Friday deal is over. Can I still jump in? 
Mm-hmm. And I said, well, and then she bought this morning. <laughs> wow. And that was it. You know, like yeah. I didn't have to do anything. Like my Black Friday deal was over for my group coaching program. And she just was like, I'm in. <laughs> so what do you think is the difference between someone's just saying, well, that's just you being confident, like just kind of blanket statement. That's confidence. Cause it's so much more than just confidence. Um, what do you think is the difference between that energy of becoming her and just confidence? So I do think that confidence is a huge component of it mm-hmm. because right. if you are not living in confidence, then there's, there's no chance in hell that you're living in the energy of being her. There's just, there, right. there's yeah. not a single confidence yeah. is huge part of it. Absolutely. Right. But it is deeper than that. So it comes from a place of true unshakable belief. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I often hear people say, whether it's my clients or it's just people that I've had conversations with on Instagram is I talk a lot about mindset and energy work because that's what I do. I'm a mindset, energetic and business coach and everything that I coach on, of course, I teach tons of strategy and do tons of strategic guidance, but everything that I do as a mentor is through the lens of mindset and energetics. So one of the things that I hear very often from people is, yeah, I know this, but, Mm -hmm. or I get it, but Mm -hmm. so they're their understanding, right? The concept that we're talking about, or they're like, no, I, I get that. Like journaling is important or like, I get this. And it's always followed by a, but, and yeah. my tough love response to that is always, then you don't actually get it. Yeah. I've been and, there. I've been yeah. that person before. Yeah. Me too. Oh, I've been like, I hate writing. Uh-huh. When we were in TAM together, I was that person for almost an entire year in that program. <laughs> I was that person. Like, you know, I came to every single call and yeah, sometimes I would ask a strategic Mm -hmm. question, but then I was like, most of the time, no, because I was like, the answers are in the trainings. Like I don't Mm -hmm. need to ask this question. I would come and I would ask these questions, the mindset questions, the energy questions, the questions around becoming her, because at the time that drove me freaking nuts because I couldn't understand it. And it's something that you don't understand until you make that first shift. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't have unshakable belief that whatever it is that you're trying to manifest or call in or whatever it is that you, whatever lingo you like to use is truly yours, is already yours, is available to you, is happening no matter what, then you haven't really understood. Then you don't get it. And a lot of this has to do with people not wanting to let go of old stories mm-hmm. and anchor into new truths. Right. So yeah. a lot of what I take my clients through is we identify the story and we're like, okay, what is this story around worthiness, success, money, like these kinds of heavy hitting topics that you're holding on to, whether it was taught to you or it was caught, you know, through observing your immediate family or whatever it is. What are these things that you're holding on to? Great. We've identified it. It's actually not the point to like heal that synapse in the brain, if you will. You know, if we're just, if we're trying to create new connections, like new truths about ourselves, new stories, it's not about healing that already formed connection. It's about creating a new one. Right. We identify that truth And then the first thing that I always tell my clients to do is to create anchor points for themselves that are rooted in their reality. Cause a lot of times people can't get past their reality. Yeah. You know, they're like, 
oh, I, I want to feel like the woman who makes 10K months, but then I'm literally living off of ramen noodles and I can't pay my rent. Hello. I was there for so long, like yeah. eight, nine months. Yeah. Eight. That's the hardest part. Yeah. yeah. Is, is yeah. coming to it before your reality yeah. reflects it. Yep. And people get stuck yep. in reality. They're like, that's where the, I get it, but comes in mm -hmm. because they say, oh, I understand these concepts or, you know, like I know that I could do it, but it's because you are so stopped. There's so much blockage right. for reality. So I tell them to, to create some anchor points in their reality. So let's work with reality instead of against it. Yeah. So I tell them like, okay, let's create an anchor point around money. When was a time where money unexpectedly came in and it was like, yay, now I can get my car fixed or something like that. Or can we create an anchor point around success, around what you are capable of doing? Think of a time where there was a challenge and you overcame it. Let that be your new truth. Let that be an anchor point to where we want to go so that we can anchor into reality, work with it, and then move past that to create a new truth, a new story about yourself, which will inevitably bring you closer to the you you want to become. Right. I love that. I actually have not... Um, I haven't heard it explained the way that you explain it. I feel like we're getting free training, <laughs> free, free stuff. Um, so Listen, you want, you want free stuff? <laughs> I know. Constantly just like, <laughs> this is something I've, I've talked about a lot, a lot on my podcast, in my emails, in my content on Instagram, like this idea of anchor points, Yeah. like because I see it over and over again, this, mm -hmm. I hear it over and over again. I get it, but I get it, but I know this, but, yeah. and it's like, well, if there's a, but, like I said, then you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's create an anchor point to get you further. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I definitely, like I said, was one of those people that was like, oh, but I hate writing. I don't want to journal. I'm more of a visual. I'm more of a like literally just making shit up. And I, like, I remember, um, I just grabbed literally my journal and like sat in bed and no prompt. I, that was what was holding me back is I was mm -hmm. like, while I, I am also very strategic in the sense that like, I like a plan. Um, I have kind of gotten more in tune with myself, but there's also times when I'm like, I don't want to plan. I'm not following your rules. <laughs> you know, like there's this like part of me that's like, screw that. I'm going to do my own thing. And so I think when you're getting journal prompts and this and that, it can feel very like restrictive. Mm -hmm. So I literally just sat in bed and I just started writing and I was writing like as her, you know, like they always say, just write. But I was just literally like, you couldn't, I was just going, 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 like writing, writing, writing. And I kid you not, like some of my biggest manifestations like came true the next day. And it was the most, like the wildest thing. And someday I will talk about this. <laughs> it involved my husband. So I've, I've been sworn to secrecy, but, um, but it's amazing how, when you kind of let go of that, you let go of the reality of who you, it's really, I think, who you think you are, but, but you're so much more than that. Like we think, like, I think I'm not a, I'm not a writing person. I don't like to write. That's just not who I am. And, and it's kind of like, oh, you need to break out of that. Um, I yeah, also, a, lot of that is, a lot of that is um, self-sabotaging behavior. Yes. 
Your brain so badly wants you to remain the same Mm -hmm. because the same equals safe to your brain. So your subconscious mind is, is wired and has been framed, has been trained in a way that is always going to prioritize your safety over everything else. And so a lot of times people will inadvertently engage in stifling behavior that prevents them from achieving their goals and they may not even realize it, but it's, it's this deeply rooted thing in your subconscious mind where it's trying to keep you safe. And so you go into self-sabotage mode, mm-hmm. but inadvertently it's not keeping you safe. It's just keeping you small. Right. And part of what I do as a coach and, you know, a lot of, I have a new program that's currently launching, which is all about this. It's about transforming you and your business from the inside out. Mm -hmm. You have to go, you have to work your way back from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind so that you can rewire that motherboard. And that's kind of what those anchor points that I was talking about earlier help with is working backwards to change that so that you stop engaging in self-sabotaging behavior. I also really quick want to go back to the, this thing, like the way that you explained it just clicked with me you said that fake it till you make it energy was formulaic and I knew that there was a difference between fake it till you make it and actually like moving through um the becoming her kind of holding yourself to like the higher version of yourself energy I knew Mm -hmm. there was a difference and I just had this realization that like fake it till you make it is more of the masculine version of that. It's the Mm -hmm. formulaic version, like what you said. And then the, and the actual like holding yourself in that energy is more of the feminine. And so like, if you take something like journaling, the journaling where I'm following a thing and I'm doing this because someone told me to, that's more of the masculine, like fake it till you make it. But when you're just like, I'm just, I'm just going to pick this up and I'm just going to go because that's what I'm feeling right now. It's the other one. So I was like, oh my gosh, it is formulaic. Like that's so, that's so cool. And I'm so happy that you said that because it's, I've been processing those two and trying to figure out what is the difference. And I think it almost like reverting back to your story of doing your online service providing business was, was that kind of fake it till you make it energy. But like, I don't know, like kind of just where you go, right. It's, it's that energy where you don't care because you just need it, but it's also not sustainable. And so maybe that's more like fake it till you make it. I just got to go, go, go. And then you working through your, um, your coaching business is, the other side of that. It's the more sustainable, it's a slower build, but it is sustainable and lasting. So I think what you've hit the nail on the head, if we want to identify it energetically, Mm -hmm. it's that the fake it till you make it formulaic energy comes from an energetic place of the need to control. Mm. But when you're approaching it from the place of being of doing of releasing you are coming from the energetic place of surrender yeah because there is true right trust yeah that is happening for you and that it's going to be okay and so I think that when I first started my OSP business I think that there was an energy of surrender Mm -hmm. because I truly had nothing to lose I was like it's it's this right 
know, and, and I have nothing to lose. I have, I have nothing to be embarrassed about. Cause like right. I had never, I was, I'm not a social media person in my personal life. Right. If you go to my social media, like my personal social media, which is private, um, yeah. I think I haven't posted in over a year. I don't post, I don't put things on my story. I don't, I, I don't even remember the last time that I posted on Facebook. It must be at least a year or two, maybe like when my daughter was born. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, like not that person. So when I came into that business initially, I had never created a reel. I had never created a carousel. You know, I had never done hashtags or I didn't even know how to put something on your story. Yeah. Like I didn't, know how to, I didn't know how to do text. I didn't know how to do captions. Like I, I literally had no clue at all how to do any of that stuff. And I just literally, I was like, okay, I got nothing to lose. Like I, this is I'm cool with being a learner. I'm cool with being a beginner. Like, this is fine. But I think that when I started my coaching business, I was like, I'm not a beginner. I know what I'm doing. I've yeah. figured out the formula. Like, I've cracked the code. Yeah. I was living, really living in that masculine energy of controlling. Right. And it wasn't until that conversation I said with my husband where I was so self-assured and my higher self came through in that moment. Right. Because I had trust and because I suddenly felt inevitable, I was able to surrender. I was able to just move forward and do all of the things that I was already doing, creating posts, posting on my stories, selling all the time, engaging in the DMs and creating new relationships, mm -hmm. sending out emails and building my email list. I, I was able to go ahead and, and take all of the same actions that I was doing. I didn't change a lick about my strategy, but because I had for the first time, real trust, I surrendered. Awesome. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> my brain is like, okay. You're buzzing. <laughs> I'm buzzing. It has been such a good conversation. I would love to know if there's anything we didn't cover that you feel like you would want my audience to hear about. So if I had one message to share with you from my own journey, my own experience, but then also the things that I do inside of my world that I, that I guide and ease and watch my clients just beautifully unfold to is that please on your journey and entrepreneurship, do not neglect the needs of your heart and soul when it comes to your inner journey as an entrepreneur. Because the strategy, good strategy is good strategy. And I know that there's a thousand people out there and there's so much noise and there's so much tips and tricks and there's all this, that, so and much. at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, good strategy is good strategy. Mm -hmm. It's the energy and the work that's going on in the background underneath it all within you. That's really making the difference. Yeah. So don't be like me <laughs> for the longest time and try to strategize and formula yourself out of a mindset and energetic problem pour into your heart pour into your soul because that is the catalyst for your success that is so well said so beautiful um okay well where can everyone find you and be a part of your world and what do you have going on Yes. Okay. So I love to hang out on Instagram. That is my primary thing. So you can find me at the Shannon Spear. Spear is spelled 
S-P-E-I-R. Um, I love to hang out there. I'm there all the time. And then I also have an email list if you'd like to get on it. There's a couple of freebies floating about. And, uh, <laughs> and then I also have my own podcast, which is called Rise and Align CEO. You can find that on Apple and Spotify. And then as far as getting into my world, um, I have basically my offers that I have floating around currently, currently relevant to this conversation, actually. Um, I am launching a new, very intimate group program all about mindset and energetic work as an entrepreneur. So this really is about transforming your business from the inside out. It's called Rise and Align CEO, the same name as my podcast, and it is limited to 10 women. And I already have two inside. It just launched. I sent out an email yesterday yeah. and have two women inside already. So there are eight spots for the year. It's a six month program running from January to June of 2024. So excited for it. But then I also have my group coaching program, which is a year-long container called uh, the Entrepreneur Accelerate, and then my private offers. I love the idea of doing energetic programs where there's like group coaching, but having it be really intimate and to where people really get to know each other. Like you have to create a space that's, that's really safe and yeah. loving because it, if you, if you have judgment, there cannot be love. Right. And that means that if you, if you don't have love, you cannot have transformation. And I truly believe that. I truly yeah. believe that. So yeah. the whole point of this new program is to create a super intimate environment to meet every person where they're at yeah. and to create a community that is supportive because you do need community yeah. when you're going through sure. shifts, when you're going through up levels. Right. So I'm really excited about it. it. I'm actually not the only coach inside. It is my program. I am the primary coach, but I've also invited in a breathwork and somatic coach, a human design coach, as well as a energy healer Reiki coach as well. So they're yeah. all inside of the program too. Yeah. Every, like every person inside is getting like a free Reiki healing session and a human design chart reading. And they all get a right. year long breathwork membership and they get workshops. Like, because I want to give people a sampling of all sorts of different things when it comes to your mindset and energetic journey, because not one thing works for every person. Yeah. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Okay. I know. <laughs> I just had like something else to say. And I'm like, just, just like up, I said Mara. in the beginning, just, I was just like, I up. hope this is a thousand years long, but also it might be a thousand years long. 